0: Welcome to Software Security chat Chat, episode 67 for July the 15th, 2011. I'm Chester Wisniewski, and my guest this week is Richard Baldry. Uh, Rich has been on the uh, Chet Chat a few weeks ago, and he's joining us again this week to kind of discuss the, the week's news. Uh, Rich is a product manager working primarily with our web and OS ten uh, OS products, right?
1: That's right, Chet. Yeah, it's great to be here again.
0: Thanks for coming back, and uh, got a couple of uh, news items. We're going to go through reasonably quickly, and a couple stories we want to talk about in a little more depth. Uh, of course, this week on Tuesday was uh, Patch Tuesday, as it always is on the second Tuesday of the month, and uh, not a really exciting one. A couple interesting bits and pieces. Uh, Microsoft patched 22 vulnerabilities and released four updates. Uh, most of them affected. Windows 7 and Vista users, but not XP. In fact, only Vista SP1 and higher for the Bluetooth vulnerability. That's probably the one people are going to want to pay the most attention to. There were there were some elevation of privilege uh, vulnerabilities in the Windows kernel, but they weren't publicly dis- disclosed, and Microsoft seemed to imply that they would be rather difficult to actually utilize. But they wanted to fix them up. Um, the Bluetooth vulnerability is a l- uh, remote code execution, so it's a little more dangerous. Uh, you know, it's a good time to go back and look at your machines if you don't use bluetooth on your laptops if you don't have a good reason to have it on um you know use softless device control if you're a customer to turn it off or if not you can use a group policy object to disable the bluetooth service there's no real good reason to leave it on if you're not using it but again this vulnerability you'd have to have physical presence near the laptop and you need to be able to get the mac address of the bluetooth adapter in order to exploit it so it's, it's non-trivial to exploit, but it is something that's, it's a good awareness thing. Like, hey, stuff that's not in use, don't have it on, turn it off, disable it, do whatever you can. It's just one less thing to worry about. Other than that, it's not a high priority patch Tuesday. Nothing on there was terribly critical. Um, you know, obviously, like normal, get them out as soon as possible, but nothing big.
1: So, is that? Do you know if that vulnerability is exploitable if a machine is not discoverable? Or is, is, it is. Although
0: Microsoft released some information that there's about a one in a billion chance of being able to catch the MAC address of an, uh, a session during the negotiation period. So, if you had a paired Bluetooth headset. During the negotiation, when it's first turning that headset on, there's about a one in a billion chance of you capturing the Mac during that transaction. Um, So if it's discoverable, it's a lot easier to exploit. If it's non-discoverable, it's nearly impossible to exploit. But the easy solution is to apply MS 11 053 and get it over with and then you don't have to worry Absolutely.
1: about it. I, was, I think it was Terry Pratchett who said that uh, one in a million chances come up nine times out of ten. So. <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: today was a patch for uh, Apple released their patch just a few hours ago for iOS 4.3.4 for almost all their devices and 4.2.9 for Verizon customers. Um, that's fixing the three vulnerabilities that were used by the jailbreakme.com website. So there was a uh, there were two font handling vulnerabilities in PDF rendering. And there was a PNG vulnerability that allowed elevation of privilege. So combining those is exactly what jailbreakme.com did. If you went to the site, it sent down a PDF file that um, was able to escape the jail. And then it then sent down a PNG file that elevated that broken process to root privilege, which allowed it to actually do the jailbreak. So those three vulnerabilities have been fixed. It's available through iTunes. If you want to read my rant of why you should be able to do this over the air, Uh, you can go to naked I just made a post that, um, yeah, I still don't get that from Apple, but in iOS five, things that everybody else does are only a feature if you're Apple, when you release them about six years late. And, um, I'm sure they'll do something really clever with it so they can patent it because it will be a very novel idea to update your phone over the air. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to get the other kind of quick news story out of the way. Uh, anonymous, uh, you know, the, the antics continue. There's nothing really new going on here. Uh, they they attacked Booz Allen Hamilton, a large U.S. military contractor. Uh, initially, it was reported that 90,000 email addresses were leaked uh, and information on folks in the military. It turns out there's only about 67,000 uniques, and then I think only about half of those are still valid. So it's a lot smaller than what it looked like, but it's still, um, you know, they're, they're continuing their their mission of trying to um, take on the man by exploiting individuals. I'm not quite sure what that message is, but uh, they also leaked information on a bunch of partners, associates, and employees of Monsanto Corporation um, based on the fact that Monsanto has been doing some rather uh, evil things to farmers and uh, especially dairy farmers and some other folks. Uh, it's another very political side of, uh, of their activities, and they declared Project Tarmageddon yes tar mageddon which um is focusing on the Atlant- uh alberta oil sands um uh, environmental destruction and that type of thing um not really sure what they're up to there but they kind of um Called some companies out, ConocoPhillips and ExxonMobil and some others that are involved in those activities. So it's it's all politically motivated. But again, so far all the activity seems to be a collateral damage, basically uh, hurting individuals in the name of hurting companies by exploiting the company's databases to exploit or expose information on on innocent people. So um, uh, you know I, I can't. Uh, I can't vouch for what these companies decide to do when it comes to the environment or politics, but I can say that uh, collateral damage of innocent individuals I don't find acceptable under any terms. So we were talking about this a little earlier, Rich. So Google this last week declared that they're removing all references to .co.cc from the Google search results. And uh, I can't remember even which country .cc is. I know .cx is Christmas Islands, uh, which is another one that's heavily exploited and part of an Australian protectorate. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about .cc. No, no I'm, not, I'm
1: not sure either. It, it's undoubtedly a very small place
0: it's another island, I believe, somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. that's in the Pacific uh, or Indian Ocean, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the issue is kind of, it's. It, well, I've never heard of Google blacklisting an entire country.
1: <laughs> but the, is dot, dot .co.cc now? That's a private. Uh, the dot .co bit is a privately registered um, uh, domain. It's not like .co.uk or dot dot com dot au it's, it's it's a privately registered domain within dot cc like, is, that's is selling not? subdomains. yeah and then they and they and then they sell subdomains on or they give subdomains away
0: i wonder how much a dot is worth
1: well i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's an interesting question though because i think i think it's a question that's going to become even more uh um broad with the ex- expansion of the number of top level domains it, it, i mean to me it does beg the question of what's you know, how many domains do we need? Um, uh, how, how many different suffixes are, do we need? And how many different suffixes do even legitimate businesses need, need to have? Um, because certainly the more there are, the, the, the wider spread there are, the more, the more opportunity there is for confusion and for, 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 for creating these ambiguities that drive uh, phishing and, and other kinds of fraud. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, is the world a better place if we have a dot .pepsi?
0: I mean that I mean that's kind of what it seems like might be happening to some degree is that yeah. that uh you know I I forget what the raw numbers are but it's somewhere around 100 grand I believe. I to think buy it, was, a it was 185
1: TLD. I think. Yeah, 185,000 I think was that what I read. So it's even even more than that. Yeah, well I've
0: seen things as low as 40 and as high as a quarter million. Okay. I mean, the numbers are all over. I guess it depends on your estimates on how much it is to operate the TLD and uh, you know I think everybody's uh, a bit but, but either way, if we could create a dot spam a dot fish um, yeah. Dot um .fraud, it would be great if those guys would all work in those domains. It would make our lives a lot easier, but we've seen the, the controversy and the debate around dot .xxx. Yeah. You would think that the people who are against pornography would be for having something where you could say if it's adult content, it must go there, and you're not allowed to have a dot .com anymore, and you would think that the porn industry would say, great, people can identify that if this is what they want, they know where to go get it, and yet... For whatever reason, both the pornographers and the anti-pornographers both think .dot is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it, it's it's. I mean, it, it does seem very confusing, but I I I, I do think that that. That this this whole issue sort of raises that big question of you know how many domains do there need to be and and what what are, what's the knock on effect of of having having millions and millions of different domains and um, with, with with different subdomains within that you know but there's
0: the opposite as well like we've seen the United States government um, doing takedowns of dot .coms lately to uh, for supposed copyright abuse. And isn't variety necessary, so the internet isn't owned by someone like I mean clearly i I, I think the these ice takedowns are ridiculous in America, and uh, you know that in that incents me to actually not want to buy a dot-com. I don't want to support dot-com if I feel like it's an authoritarian place where I can't have freedom to do what I want. I'm not pro-movie piracy by any means, but at, you know I feel like my money is going to support it because I own so many dot-coms and I, and I disagree politically with what they're doing.
1: No, no, no that, that is a good point. I mean, the, the I mean, the, there's obviously a choice in terms of which, uh, which country perhaps you you, you choose to domicile it in. But then that still presupposes a, a, a sort of an, an allegiance to a particular country. And 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 um, uh, you know, how far how far does that does that really solve the problem?
0: I think I'll end up in dot C land.
1: <laughs> but do we, I mean, do we really think though that that if if say Pepsi did. Pepsi, and, and then for whatever reason sold subdomains of that or think of another example but but i mean th- those would still be domiciled within a particular jurisdiction wouldn't they they, w- they wouldn't be sort of extraterritorial territorial in, 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 in quite the same way so so you know that the the, the, the dot com argument as far as i could understand it the, the argument for why the the u.s government think they have jurisdiction over dot com is because it's managed by verisign who is a uh, a u.s based company and 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 so um you know, th- those same arguments would still apply potentially to, to any other top-level domain that was registered. So
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a complicated topic. I mean, we talk about this a lot in the labs. There's a lot of heavily abused domains like co.cx and .tk. I believe .tks are free, which doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, and that was really what Google pointed out with the co situation was that you could buy one for like $15, but you could buy two, Ten thousand for a thousand dollars, and that's just you know who needs ten thousand domain names if they're not trying to evade reputation filters at Facebook or Sophos or anywhere else.
1: Yeah, that, 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 I mean that's certainly an interesting argument, isn't it? The the whole of cybercrime really is based on the the low cost of of, of launching an attack. You know, spam right back to the days of spam of uh, the early days of spam. Spam works because they can send bombard millions and millions of mails uh, of email addresses, for, for next to no cost. And again, if you make it very cheap to register lots of domains, uh, make it no cost to, to, to register lots of domains, again, you're lowering the cost of, 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 of launching those attacks.
0: Well, yeah, This is a knock-on from last year with domain tasting, right? I mean, uh, when uh, ICANN changed the policy where you couldn't get a re- domain refunded within 48 hours for a full refund,
1: yeah. <laughs> we saw
0: you know, numbers of domains that were refunded go from the millions a day. Down to hundreds um, once you actually, you know, only got half your money back. (laughs) So then they moved to CoCC, RTK. So, I mean, we're just pushing the
1: fraud problem problem around. around.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with this Google thing. I imagine CoCC will be less popular, but um, unless more than Google do it, I don't know. I mean, we see a lot of this on Facebook. And it'd be interesting if Facebook took the same stance and went, nope, can't share a link that's CoCC. Sorry. Um, And where would it pop up next? It's kind of whack-a-mole. So, you were just in the UK. You just got back from our uh, UK office this week. Yeah. And, you know, the phone hacking that, as we've pointed out, is not exactly hacking. Um, but, you know, this whole news of the world scandal, I mean, now it's involving malware, uh, according to the Prime Minister of the UK. Uh, what's... The former Prime Minister, yeah. Or the former Prime Minister, sorry. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. He was so exciting, Mr. Brown, that I, I <laughs> kind of forgot uh, where he fit into the hierarchy over there but yeah um so you know what what's the deal
1: what's the deal well well it, it's been a it was fantastic oh it was fascinating to be there uh, while all this was unfolding um um you know that i think um it, 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 there's a there's a, a real blend of of a, of a sort of a witch hunt and um, from from the, from the point of view of the politicians, I think it's it's a it's a huge release because they've felt like they've been under the cosh of of um, the tabloid news, newspapers for such a long time. So I think I think um, you know, there's a lot of uh, amazing stories coming out, a lot of amazing allegations coming out about this, about the the, the phone hacking, about the the, the the latest, as you say, Gordon Brown saying that there were there was malware used in order to try Try and um, sort of get information gain access to to, to laptops um, a lot a lot of these things uh, I think to people who watch the press or who who watch the sort of the more cynical press watching websites um, would probably not not be not be terribly surprised by these allegations, but the fact is these allegations are now coming from the very people that the press um, have have been hounding and serving after all this time so it's, so it's it's interesting to see this stuff actually actually getting out and getting aired in 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 public.
0: Yeah, I had a couple thoughts that I thought were just a bit odd when I started thinking about. One was, yes, there can be too much freedom of the press. They can't run roughshod over the law just because they are in pursuit of a story. Um, The other was it reminded me a bit of the the Strauss-Kahn situation where – The French, when that story broke in New York and then, you know, whether it's true or not, is still up in the air and all that. But one of the big things was, geez, the French press too reserved. Like we don't want to be the British tabloid because that was the big thing they held up. They went, the British are obsessed with these tabloids and what a mess and destructive mess that is. And we've avoided that. But have we gone too far by not doing it that we've allowed abuses to occur that we're not reporting on? And now we're seeing the very other extreme Um, and, you know. Maybe in the end, we can end up somewhere in the middle. I always kind of felt that in the United States, um, we were a little bit more of a balance of the two when I lived down there, and that we do have a tabloid press, and they do cross some lines on occasion as far as purchasing photos or videos of things that were maybe questionably obtained. But at the same time, we haven't seen this type of situation happening. I mean, the, most of our corruption gets outed through that press, and yet they had at least, well, there were allegations today that some of this might have been happening in the U.S. against 9-11 victims yeah. and things as well. Yeah.
1: But I I mean, it's obviously interesting as well, because we're hearing all the information about this through the press as well, and through different parts of the press. So in the UK, the BBC, the the Guardian newspaper, which is uh, more of an anti-establishment kind of newspaper, has been making a lot of the the, the headway in terms of breaking this particular story. Um, But again, you know, just as News International had had an agenda, or the, the News of the World had an agenda in terms of creating these stories in the first place is there are there are also agendas uh, that are being served by uh, attacking attacking those organizations too so 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 you know you, i think everything you have to take with a pinch of salt even the news about the news you have to take you have to take with a pinch of salt
0: yeah the truth's in the middle somewhere
1: the, the truth is in is, is in the middle somewhere but 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 i think um the, the other thing that really that it brings home for me as well is the fact that um you know, in all of this, there are calls for changes to the law in the UK, changes to the to the to the monitoring of the press and changes to restrictions on the press. Um, but the fact is that that what you know, if this stuff what was going on, if the, the, these alleged um, sort of hacking attacks, the, the the virus, the viruses were being used, all of that stuff is illegal anyway. And I think you know, it's the same with a lot of the cybercrime stuff that we see um, day in day out, regardless of the press. They're still doing things that are illegal, and and really there has to be a um, a will to enforce the laws that already exist, um, rather than to, to go out there and try and try and create whole new branches of the law.
0: Yeah, that's really the issue. I mean, I've I've been writing my congressmen and senators in the United States about a lot of the proposed legislation to crack down on copyright abuse in the US, Yeah, saying the very same thing, like, you know, I, I got a form letter back, and I responded back to my senator. And I'm like, maybe you don't understand, but copyright has been established by the Constitution, like over 200 years ago. And it already says that this is a is wrong. Yeah. We don't need any laws to deal with this. We need will to deal with the problem. And um, you know, I—that's I, a whole other can of worms. Of course, we go into the copyright direction. That'll be. Um, this will be a three-hour podcast. But, um, well, thanks for joining me, Rich, and sharing uh, your, at least your view from being kind of at the ground center of the, the whole thing over there. Like you say, I mean, malware – I mean, uh, what's the uh, – in, in, in the U.S. we have the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. There's an equivalent in the U.K. I can't remember the name of it, but it would certainly cover most of these activities. It's unauthorized yeah, access to yeah. someone's electronic communications, unauthorized access to their computer. It, it, these things are crimes in every Western country.
1: Absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, also sort of crimes of deception, obtaining advantages by deception and, you know, go back to much older crimes and all those things um, in, the end, in the end come into it. Well, um, that wraps up Sophos Security Chat Chat 67.
0: Uh, as usual, for the latest security news, please visit nakedsecurity.sophos.com. This podcast and all of our podcasts are available at podcasts.sophos.com via RSS, on iTunes and on Stitcher. Until next time, stay secure.